What does a contraction feel like? How do I know if I'm in labor? And what does a day of labor look like? Wait, is this normal? Hey, I'm Heidi. My best friends call me Hydes. I'm a certified birth doula, host of this podcast, and author of Birth Story, an interactive pregnancy guidebook. I have supported hundreds of women through their labor and deliveries, and I believe every one of them and you deserves a microphone and a stage. So here we are. Listen each week to get answers to these tough questions. Birth Story, where we talk about pregnancy, labor, deliveries, where we tell our stories and share our feelings. And of course, chat about our favorite baby products and motherhood. And because I'm passionate about birth outcomes, you will hear from some of the top experts in labor and delivery. Whether you are pregnant, trying desperately to get pregnant, or you just love a good birth story, I hope you will stick around and be part of this birth story family. You guys, my book is out. I mean, it is out in the world. I cannot believe it. I have been writing it for several years and it's just mind-blowing. Birth Story, Pregnancy Guidebook and Journal is a -a one-of-a-kind discovery into your pregnancy that provides you education through storytelling. So what's it really about? In the 16 years that I have served women with every personality type, I noticed there was a huge disconnect between what my clients were craving for childbirth education in a book and the books that were actually available on the market. There seemed to be unlimited resources if you are looking for an unmedicated birth or a natural birth or a home birth. But there just weren't a lot of resources for my clients who were part of the 92% of women birthing in a hospital and very much open to medical interventions like an epidural, nitrous oxide, and opioid medications. So I wrote that book to fill the gap for you. Week by week throughout your pregnancy, you will engage with material meant to educate and empower you as you plan for your own birth story, hospital, medicated, unmedicated, or something in between. You are welcomed each week with a postcard from the womb, which is an adorable note from your baby about their miraculous development, as well as the amazing changes occurring within you. Then you are invited to use an uplifting birth affirmation and to respond to an introspective journaling prompt to document your feelings, curiosities, and wonders every single week. With room to memorialize your own birth story, this book will become a memory keeper and a legacy gift for your baby. You are encouraged to read one of my favorite birth stories each week filled with childbirth education, tidbits, and explanations of important medical terms and procedures. These are real-life accounts shared with permission from the births that I've attended during my career as a doula, and I gave you a great mix. In the 42-week guide to your pregnancy and 42 birth stories, seven of them end in cesarean section. About half are unmedicated and the other half are medicated deliveries. This is a judgment-free book. So take what you need from each element and leave the rest. Okay, are you ready to buy? I would love for you to go to birthstory.com and buy it directly from me. But I totally get it if you're an Amazon girl. You can head to amazon.com and just type in birthstorypregnancy 
and the book should pop up. I'll deliver it straight to your doorstep. And I would venture to say that you might be an audiobook kind of woman because you're listening to a podcast. So if you would prefer to listen to this book, then I have recorded it and it is available for download at audible.com or on your Audible app. Thank you for being part of the birth story community. I'm so excited for you to have this book in your hand once you've purchased it and it has arrived. I hope that you will give me your thoughts and feedback and don't forget to take a selfie with your book and post it on Instagram and tag at birthstorypodcast. Hey, everybody, it's the Sweet 16, and I'm really excited about today's episode because it is my first mother-daughter combination. So you're going to meet Sarah and Rachel, and what is so eerie yet common is they had very similar births. So one of the first questions that I ask my moms if they know their mom and their birth story is, what did your mom's first labor look like? And you'll find that there is a lot of continuity between how our moms and our sisters birth and how we birth. There's a lot to learn here. There's a lot of excitement because there's some precipitous labor going on. Sit back and enjoy the story of Sarah and her mama, Rachel. There is so much to learn from these two. Rachel is mom or grandma, and then Sarah is daughter, and Sarah was one of my recent doula clients, and I'm just so ready to dig in with you guys. What we're going to do is, Sarah, you just start off and tell me a little bit about who you are. All right. So I'm Sarah. I am 31. Um, My husband and I started right when... I turned 30, started thinking about starting a family. We got pregnant within like four months, and I was so, so, so excited. I'd always looked to my mom for a positive birth story. I was so excited to go through this journey. I had several cousins and friends who had recently given birth, so I had a lot of good role models. But my mom was probably my favorite birth story with me. I was actually born at home in the bathroom by accident. <laughs> so I came super fast and I was just so excited to start to start my journey as a mother. So that's me. Rachel, tell us about who you are besides being Sarah's mom who delivered in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Rachel Etchison Yancey. I'm 60 years old and I am a proud new grandmother. What's your grandma name? I, we're going to try to let Trip call me Grammy. And my my husband is going to be Pappy, so Grammy and Pappy. I have worked for 38 years for the phone company with Bell South and with AT&T as an outside plan engineer and uh, a budget person. Uh, We live on a family farm in Clemens, North Carolina. We raise a few cows and uh, a big garden in the summertime. (laughs) Oh, I love it. Okay, well, in proper Southern fashion, we're going to let the oldest person in the room go first. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) So, Rachel. Okay, so let's go back. Now, what year was it when you were um, pregnant for the first time? Um, Daniel was born in 87. He was Daniel Gray Yancey. was my first child. And I was in labor maybe eight hours with him, which is about average for the first child. child. I remember that the night before, I 
you know, was feeling kind of crampy and just not really good. And we lived on a circle. So my husband, who had been on pins and needles waiting for me to go to the hospital, had actually fallen asleep on the couch. And I decided to go out and walk around the circle, which was about half a mile. I think I made two rounds around the circle and my husband woke up and didn't find me in the house and he was frantic and came driving the car around the circle and found me and I was kind of, you know, leaning over a little bit going, just walking and then stopping. And so we got back in the house and at the time, our Lamaze class had told us that, you know, if we thought we were in labor but wasn't sure that we should have one cup of, of wine And if it was false labor, the contractions would go away in about an hour. But if it was real labor, you would keep going and the little bit of wine wouldn't hurt the baby or you either one. So we tried that and I felt sleepy and I went to sleep and seems like sometime in the morning or wee hours of the morning, I woke up and I could tell that things were starting to progress as far as the labor went and I I went in our second bathroom, and I literally made a little nest in the bathroom. I put some quilts down and some pillows, and I was like, oh, I'm fine. I'm going to read and just, you know, think about my baby coming, and I was feeling very comfortable. So you went to Lamaz classes. Yes, we did. And did you do any other birthing classes? That was the only class available, and we had a really good instructor. And did you want to have a natural childbirth? I did. I had had a cousin that was born. He was just a big baby, and that was back when mothers were just sedated completely. And I remember when I was young, they told me that the baby had had to go to the NICU unit because he wasn't breathing well, and he had gotten some of the medicine from the mother. And I remember even as a young girl, I said, if I ever have a baby, I'm not going to take any medicine because I don't want any harm to come to my baby. I said, I can stand that. And it was interesting that during that first pregnancy, I got a lot of support. I remember an older engineer that sat beside of me and he looked at me one day and he said, Rachel, you're just the kind of girl that'll just get in there and get the job done. (laughs) (laughs) You know, for an older man to tell you that. And he told me, he says, My wife had rather have a baby than go to the dentist, (laughs) and she had had five babies. So I thought, if if that can be a good story, then that's the birth story that I want. And I remember another cousin whose mother told us that, you know, all babies come this way. This is this is what our bodies are meant to do. So that was a confidence builder. And of course, with your first baby. You're always afraid, you know, will I be able to stand the contractions? Will it be, will I be the ones that's screaming down the hall? And I didn't find it scary once the labor started. I knew that I could just kind of work with my body. That morning when I was having Daniel, you know, I was doing fine in the bathroom, and then all of a sudden I had to throw up. Okay. (laughs) I remember, you know, I was going to gently wake my husband and say, oh, honey, we're having a baby today. Let's go to the hospital. Well, (laughs) he woke up to the sound of me throwing up my toenails. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and my husband can panic sometime. And that was, you know, he was like, oh, my goodness, what's going on? You know, and I said, I think we're okay. I think the baby's just coming and I'm sick. Yeah. So, like, could you feel like, oh, like the different, like you felt that change. Like, oh, I'm laboring and now like the baby's going to come. Well, the throwing up surprised me. Yeah. You know, that that I wasn't prepared for and I hadn't been told that that could happen, but now I understand that that's common. Yeah. That's and, why we're doing this podcast. Yes. Education, storytelling. Right. You know, and, it's normal to throw and up. And so it didn't last too long and we were very fortunate. I had a cousin that had worked in labor and delivery for years and she for all the cousins said I'll come to your house I'll check you I'll let you know if it's time to go to the hospital that way you won't be in the hospital for a very long time before the baby's born and so we called her that morning and she came and she checked me and said time to go and I got to the hospital and it was probably you know by the time they got me settled in um, I don't think I labored very long until they started saying you were at 10 centimeters, it's time to push. And I had no urge to push. I had no, um, you know, I'd been taught in Lamaze class, you know, block your breath and, and hold it. Well, for 30 minutes, I struggled to try to push and it just wasn't working. And later I read that sometimes nature gives you a break between the time you're dilating and maybe you have a 30-minute break before your body is ready to push. A hundred percent accurate. And we see it all the time. You know, if a nurse or somebody had been able, an doula, <laughs> had been able to help me understand that about what was going on, I wouldn't have exhausted myself for 30 minutes trying. And then finally, my husband, who was wonderful, he cradled me like, my head was in his arms and underneath my knees, and he just helped me like this for two hours while I pushed. And I think because I pushed so long, I pushed Daniel down into the birth canal wrong. So he came out looking at my right leg, okay. not sunny side up or sunny side yeah. down, but and he had a terrible bruise on his head. Yeah. So the pushing with him was very, it was very difficult. But my husband was a rock star there holding me in probably what would you describe as a squatting position. Yep. And if, you know, if I could have been, I'll steal Sarah's story, like you were there saying, get on the floor and squat. And I had some gravity. So helpful. If I'd had some gravity helping me, I think I could have been more efficient with that first labor. Yeah. Did you feel like the Lamaze really helped you with the breathing? It did. I think what Lamaze helped me most with was just preparing. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember the Lamaze teacher saying that each stage of labor is supposed to take so long. And she said a lot of times women just kind of lose track of time. And I was determined that I was going to keep track of time and that you know, <laughs> and there was a clock in the, you know, there weren't nice birthing rooms. There was a clock right in front of my bed. And I was like, okay, okay, I'm 10 centimeters now. And then we'll start pushing and average this last about, two, you know, it could last two hours. I can hang in there for two hours. I want to have this baby before 12 o'clock, you know. Yeah. So I had both of my children on Saturday morning. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I love it. Okay. Well, I want, there's some teaching in here too because. Um, and I feel like almost 
every podcast I've recorded so far, I'm probably teaching the same lesson over and over again. And that's just because you are 10 centimeters dilated does not mean that you are ready to push your baby out. Like you said, sometimes you get this break. Sometimes you're 10 centimeters dilated and you need to take a 20 minute nap because your body is going to halt contractions for a long period of time or just give you some mild contractions. So I know Sarah, this didn't happen with you, but with some people, this really, um, this, you'll get this. You'll get fully dilated, but the baby's station is still high. And then we do what's called laboring down. So you let the contractions labor the baby down while you rest. So where the baby's head or the station is much lower. When that happens, there is a thing called the ejection reflex that gets triggered. And Sarah, we'll talk about this in a little bit. But And, and I'm sorry, but I'm going to go through this just because it's teaching. But what when, if you are just breathing through a contraction, like... Uh, right. That's it. Just said you could be 10 centimeters dilated. But when I hear a mom go, uh, <laughs> it's an uncontrollable bearing down or like urge to push. Mm-hmm. That's when you're ready to push. When your body is pushing, when your body starts pushing, you're ready to push. You don't need to push before that. Uh, so anyway, so I just wanted to to interject right there because so many moms are like told you're 10 centimeters. Go ahead and push and um, not ready. Okay, so that was uh, Daniel. I have a question. Yeah. So mom's always talked about when she went into labor, the glass of wine she drank. Is yeah. that something? Will that well, stop some contractions? Have so you heard anything about that? Here we go. I'm, I'm going to make a decision right now. I'm not going to cut this out, but mm-hmm. I'm going to do a disclaimer here. I am not a doctor and I am a doula, which is a support person. So I am going to put on my, mo- my mom hat, not my doula hat or anything else. So like just my mom hat, mom to mom. Yes, I pretty much believe that you should have a glass of wine if you drink wine in early labor to relax you and to get in the bathtub and then see if it continues or if it um, stop. So yes, I believe in the glass of wine. So Very go cool. Lamaze for teaching. <laughs> there are lots of different practices that teach wine. You know, I'm not talking about four glasses. I'm talking about four ounces, right? You right. know, four ounces, a small glass of wine just to relax you. Okay, Rachel. So baby number two, that's me, Sarah. All right. Tell us all about how that pregnancy and delivery went. Sarah was a blessing and a big surprise. I knew I was pregnant before Daniel's first birthday, which we were like, oh, we're going to have two kids in diapers. So you did not try. We did not try. Okay. Well, I mean, you tried tried trying to prevent it, and that little sperm just swam through everything. Great. (laughs) Were you breastfeeding too? Did they tell you you couldn't get pregnant? No, I breastfed Daniel until he was about nine months old. Okay. So I think right after I stopped breastfeeding I got pregnant probably yeah I got so, pregnant breastfeeding really? so yeah so oh, you can get pregnant breastfeeding. it can happen yes <laughs> breastfeeding does not prevent pregnancy and in fact many women tandem nurse so they oh, nurse wow. all the way through their pregnancy and then they nurse both babies oh wow so, it's not a birth control method everyone that's listening <laughs> <laughs> so Sarah was a surprise she was but I had a good pregnancy with Sarah I did carry her very low Um, And people laughed at me because they said I waddled. (laughs) Um, And this is a funny story. Pagers had just come out when I was pregnant with Sarah. And the engineers that I work with decided that 
the full moon was that weekend and I was going to have the baby. And I said, no, I can't. My husband's got a volleyball tournament scheduled. And I said, you know, a girl at the office was getting married. I had planned to go to the, to the wedding. And they tested out the pagers to make sure that it would work from Winston-Salem to Greensboro that, that day and then sent me home with a pager. But I guess with Sarah, the contractions... Probably I had, there's a word for it, Heidi, help me. Braxton Hicks, like well, the early contractions? some, and then... Dremel. Prodromal labor. Prodromal okay. labor. Yeah. That, you know, I guess I dilated a little bit along. So by the time I actually went into active labor, I was already at like five centimeters. And, and Sarah did the same thing. So I guess that's just genetic with my mother had a fast delivery with me, too, so... Wow, this is going to get really interesting, the three (laughs) generations here. Baby number one, I mean, Daniel, that was less than eight hours with your first birth. I mean, that's a pretty fast delivery. What were you feeling like the weeks leading up? Were you feeling the Braxton Hicks or was your body just doing work and you weren't really noticing it? Now, remember, this is 30 years ago. I know. (laughs) I remember being tired and with both, I worked up until the and I delivered both babies on Saturday. Working mothers have to do that. So I worked the full week before that. And, of course, I was tired. My ankles were swelling. and But I don't ever remember feeling like a real contraction. You know, I did feel my back hurt a lot. Okay. So that morning before Sarah was born, um, my son was about 18 months and he had been having a few nightmares at night he would wake up in his crib and just stand up and scream and that is not helpful when you're a mom mom, right trying to give birth and and trying to sleep so you know it was about 5 30 i had gone in and and gotten him out of well maybe it was more the middle of the night i'd gotten him out of the bed and put him in between my husband and I because that comforted him and I thought well we can sleep till the clock goes off at 6 30 because my husband had a volleyball tournament he was headed to and we when the clock went off at 6 30 Rusty started getting ready and he went to take a shower and he came back in and I was like oh man I do not feel good my back is killing me I think I hurt my back because I lifted Daniel out of the crib and that was the days where the crib went down and I didn't push it down I just literally nine months pregnant picked up an 18 month old up and over the crib and when I laid back down my back hurt so bad and I told Rusty I said I don't believe I can't promise I'm gonna have this baby today but I know I can't take care of Daniel I said I just can't lift him and at that point you know he liked to be carried around still and he said oh well I'll just cancel my volleyball And he went to another room, and he canceled his volleyball tournament and said to the guys, I just can't come today. And then he came back in, and he said, well, everybody's up. I'm going to start cooking breakfast. Well, he was in and out of the bedroom, and he had put Daniel back in his crib. And I was having these horrible contractions and just, you know, felt like they were really contractions. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. Just all of a sudden. All of a sudden. And they were pretty strong contractions and I thought well gosh this can't be happening this fast I've just you know 
come on, Rachel, get a hold of yourself and <laughs> breathe a little bit. And, of course, he came in and he, he was trying to fill my stomach. And he says, well, it just feels hard all the time. I can't tell when you're having a contraction. And I said, well, bring me a glass of wine. <laughs> oh, my God, for breakfast. I love it. So I think, uh, you know, I'm trying to remember, but I think I did take a few sips of wine. And at that point, I was like, I'm just going to guzzle it because anything might help. <laughs> and he's going back and I can hear him banging around in the kitchen. And I'm wanting to call him, but I didn't want to yell because I didn't want to wake up my son again. <laughs> and so he comes back in the bedroom and he's, I said, let's call Diana, my cousin, and get her over here. So, And this I, is the same cousin who had helped check with, you. With Daniel. Okay. And I think actually we had called my mother before and I told her, I said, can you please come get Daniel? I think I'm going to have the baby today. And then in a few minutes, Rusty's back in the kitchen messing around, and then he comes back in and he hands me the phone. And I had had a really strong contraction, and Diana was on the phone, and I said, Diana, we are going to have this baby today. (laughs) And I was really lucky because it was a very cold morning, and she had not gone horseback riding that morning. She was off, and that was her plan. So she was there in just a minute. And when I said that, my husband's eyes got so big, he's going, why, you haven't tipped? told me we're having this baby today. (laughs) And, of course, he hung the phone up and he went back in the kitchen. And the minute he did, I could feel the baby like one strong contraction. And I could feel her move down in the birth canal. And I'm like, well, gosh, I don't want to mess up the bed. And so I headed to the bathroom. (laughs) And I was... Did your water break? You know, I think with Sarah, my water probably broke two weeks before I delivered and. It was just a night that she was born November, and I was trying to get Christmas presents ready before I went into labor, and I was wrapping some Christmas presents, and I remember going to the bathroom and thinking, boy, I haven't peed this long in forever. And, you know, I had other doctor's appointments after that, and I never, I don't know, my cousin said she might have some of the water leaked and then she was carried so low I might have sealed off the yep. the bag. That happens all the time. So so don't think my water actually broke until she was born. You know, the water came out afterwards maybe. Yeah. Um let's see, I was on the toilet. <laughs> so you moved away from the bed. You were like, let's keep that tidy <laughs> yes, and move to the bathroom. Such a mom. <laughs> but at any point were you like, we should go to the hospital? Or you were like, no, I need to go just go to the bathroom. Well, I remember that I was, you know, that I kept trying to keep myself calm because I was like, this cannot be happening this fast. So I went to I went to the bathroom and I was sitting on the toilet laboring and Rusty had gotten my son Daniel out, and here comes Daniel with his little books and lays his little books on my knees, like, read me books, Mom. And I'm going, not now, Daniel! (laughs) I'm delivering a baby. (laughs) So my mom came in and scooped up Daniel, and she could hear me doing that grunt that you You were were talking about. and. Diana came in just behind my mom, and they met in the hall, and my mom says she's waited too long to go to the hospital. And I remember that my husband had leaned me back on the toilet, and I think he saw the baby's head. Yeah. And then he he picked me up and pivoted me around, and when Diana came in the bathroom, it was a very small bathroom, he, behind my head, was showing how much of the baby's head was crowning to 
to Diane, and she goes, that baby has been on the perineum too long. Lay her down. And I'm like, the bathroom was so small, I yeah. could barely lay down. And I didn't, I couldn't figure out how to lay down. So my husband just laid me down. And it was two or three pushes, and I had Sarah out. And we had to wiggle around so I could get my legs wide enough apart to deliver. In the small bathroom. bathroom. Oh, my goodness. Were you on towels and stuff, or was that a cold floor? It was, I think it was a linoleum floor. And I delivered where the baby would be right at the heat register. And it was. (laughs) That's so sweet. (laughs) She's. Diana said that was a great place to have the baby. And then we were grabbing towels, you know, to to yeah. wrap the baby up in. And the real rock star. So who star, caught the baby? It was Diana. And Diana then, she, you know, she's here and we're looking, you know, okay. She says, we've got to have something to tie the cord with. And, you know, I'm, my brain's going through, um, oh, gosh, what can we tie the cord with? And I and she asked me, and I said, well, the sewing thread's here, and the scissors are here. And I had remembered where the little bulb was, the little yeah. suction bulb. And Rusty went and got those things, and then she said, sewing thread won't do. And my husband had on sweatpants with a cord in it. And he pulled the cord out, <laughs> a red cord, and that's what we tied the cord with. Then we got we got up. And, and then did you suction? Sarah's like, did you suction her nose and her throat? Uh, Diana did. Diana did. Okay. And so we got Sarah wrapped up in towels, and we called nine one one. No, I think we just called the doctor's office, and <laughs> oh, I don't know if I was talking to the to the lady at the mom was in the shower and... at that point. She got up and took a shower. <laughs> but wait, hold on, we're skipping something though. How did you deliver the placenta? It came out right afterwards. It just came and, out right and afterwards. And Diana okay. looked at it, and being a nurse, she knew that all the quadrants were there and that it was okay safe. Yeah. And I don't know what we did with the placenta. I, I'm so excited now. That <laughs> you got to call her afterwards. We've got to talk about this freeze-dry placenta that yeah. Sarah did that I think so neat. But you need to call Diana or Rusty and ask them, what did we do with that placenta? <laughs> I'm just I was a little bit out of it, so I didn't yeah. think to answer that question. I do remember that I wanted, with my first child, you know, the time we got into the delivery room, I wanted so bad to see my baby being born. Yeah. That was a big thing with me. And I remember the doctor saying, you know, we don't have time to get the mirror. And yeah. I, I was like, okay, we'll, we'll just do it, you know. Yeah. And then with Sarah, that was one of my big requests. I want to see my baby being born. So yeah. I didn't get to see that with the second one. But I think Diana got a little hand mirror so that I could see a little bit. And that that visually, I think, is helpful when you're pushing. I think so, too. Um, yeah. A lot of moms, including myself, you're pushing so hard, you close your eyes. So we'll roll over the mirror sometimes and then everybody just closes their eyes anyway through it. But it does help, especially at the beginning. You you think, I'm not doing anything. And then you see in the mirror that the, the baby's head's right there. And then mm-hmm. the mom pushes the baby out on the next push, you know. Yeah. So. Well, we we did. I don't think we called nine one one. We called just the doctor's office and got the answering machine because it was Saturday morning or the answering lady. And we said, "Should we go to the hospital? The baby's here." And I think she freaked out. And in two minutes, a, a doctor was calling back that was on call, and he knew Diana, so they decided that yeah, we should go to the hospital. And let me be checked out. I needed a couple stitches, and that yeah. was that was another thing. I was like. 
you know, with the first one, they I didn't have an epidural or anything. So when he was stitching me up, I was like, I can feel those stitches. And he goes, well, I numbed you. You shouldn't be able to. I said, but I can feel those stitches. And then when we got to the hospital with Sarah, I was like, oh, gosh, I don't want that again. But he said, either you're going to feel the stick with a numbing or you're going to feel the stick with the stitches. So just, you know, I chose to just go ahead and be sewn up. And, it, yeah. you know, you're kind of naturally numb in that area anyway after giving birth. So It is so amazing, the natural numbness. I have so many moms that will say that the stitching or the afterbirth hurt way worse than the natural birth. I think so. You know? Yeah. You were saying that that you got a chance to take a shower, though, in between. We did. Yeah. I, I was, I guess, energized. I guess with the natural birth, you know, in the old days when we delivered our own babies, you had to get up and walk out of the woods or whatever. I had such energy. Yeah. And I got up and I said, I've just got to have a shower because you're definitely sweating when you're going through transition. Yeah. So I took did a you? shower and gave my husband instructions to soak the towels and... And I yeah. was laying on the floor in the meantime in right front of the heat register. <laughs> All bundled up. So sweet. And Sarah was such a strong baby. I I remember when Daniel was born, he didn't cry. And the doctor was thumping his feet just like to make him cry. And I finally told the doctor, I said, stop thumping him. He's not a crybaby. You know, with his APGAR score, they want him to cry to get a really high one. But Sarah came out and she let everybody know she was here. And she was just fine. And she was. She was so strong that as we were driving to the hospital, I had her up on my chest, and she actually raised her head up. I love this. No car seat. No car seat? (laughs) Wait. Sarah and I are You did have me in a car seat, right? (laughs) I totally remember being a kid and not in a car seat. Oh, yeah. Like when I was like pretty young. But I assumed that when I was a baby, I had a car seat, right? You did. And we had (laughs) a car seat to take you home. But, you know, that morning we weren't quite prepared and Diana was driving. I think I nursed you on the way to the hospital. (laughs) You and Britney Spears. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mom, thank goodness they, uh, thank Sorry. goodness the paparazzi weren't there. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's Heidi. I'm interrupting the podcast to let you know about a free resource that I've created for you at birthstory.com. All you have to do is go to birthstory.com and then click the tab that says the workbook. Once you put your email address in, an entire resource library of all of my secret sauces are available to you for free as my thank you for listening to the Birth Story podcast and being part of this community. At birthstory.com, under the workbook, you will find a birth plan template, articles on circumcision, delayed cord clamping, flipping a breech baby, packing your hospital bag, acupressure points, placenta encapsulation, and so much more. There are over 20 free articles ready for you to download at birthstory.com. Now let's get back to this amazing episode. All right. Well, Sarah, it's your turn. Okay. Now I'm going to stop because our audience, at the beginning of this podcast, I'm like, Tell us about who you are. Sarah, you failed that yes, test. You were like, need. you know. So tell us, let's let's start over because okay. I want I will prompt you, but one of the first things that Sarah told me was about all these amazing trips that she goes on and 
you know, going to Africa. So, Let's talk about a little bit more about who you okay, are. Okay, so who I am. I'm Sarah. <laughs> I'm a 31-year-old um, physical therapist. I've been a physical therapist for about five years now. Um, my passion for the last five years, really the last 10 years, has been traveling. So I love traveling. I love hiking, climbing, running. So in 2017, I climbed Mount Kilimanjaro, which was huge. A few months after, I ran my first marathon, which was something I never thought I could do. I did both of those back to back. After that year is when my husband and I decided we wanted to start a family. And after climbing Mount Kilimanjaro and running a marathon, I was like, I think I'm ready to tackle motherhood. (laughs) So I think right after the marathon, I think I stopped taking birth control. And I was like, you know, let's see what happens. And then wait, what are you saying, Rachel? She well, she also went to Chile. Yes, or um, I also climbed. I did the Larry's Trek for Machu Picchu. So I did some traveling before motherhood, and I think that really prepared me. But um, and you know, went to Asia too. Yeah, so did Thailand and a lot of hiking there. And I do this. So with one of my good friends, best friend Jamie. So my husband, if it does not involve golf, he does not want to go. So, But he's fully supportive of all my endeavors. That was really fun. Yeah, that's who I am. Awesome. So I'm going to interject right here because when I met Sarah for the first time in her house and she was telling me about her mom, Rachel's birth and delivering her like very quickly on the, um, you know, bathroom floor and that she had hiked Kilimanjaro. And I had said to you, like, oh, my gosh, tell me about how did you train for that? I've been to Africa like a bunch of times. I would never attempt to do what she did ever. So training was minimal. Um, Charlotte is kind of in the foothills of North Carolina. So, I mean, there's really not any high peaks. What, Crowder's Mountain's like 2,000 feet or something. So my friend and I climbed that maybe twice, and we did it as fast as we could. But I was like, there's no way to train here. Let's just go and see how we do. So that's what we did, and we did it and had a great time. I love both of you guys. I have not met your best friend, but, like, this is incredible. So I probably said something out loud that I shouldn't have said, but I basically told you, you climbed Mount Kilimanjaro without training, so I'm going to tell you to off if you ask me for an epidural. <laughs> so I was telling Heidi, I was like, this is my birth story. This is, you know, I was born in the bathroom floor. My mom is a warrior. Like, I want to be able to have a natural birth. But I was like, I don't know if I can. And, you know, I've never been in a lot of pain. So I'm a little bit afraid. And Heidi was like, uh, Sarah, you can do this and do not ask me for an epidural. And I was like, okay, I love this girl and I cannot wait to work with her. And you did have an amazing natural childbirth. So let's dig in also to the third generation of precipitous labor. If you're listening, if your grandmother and your mother had very fast labors, there is a high chance that you also are going to have a quick labor. So let's talk about the couple weeks leading up to your delivery and all of those doctor's appointments. So actually, I think my mom was with me for week 36 for the doctor's appointment and actually was with the doctor who ended up delivering my son. And I went in at week 36 and I think that's when they do the GBS test. And so he's like well I'm in there I'm just gonna you know check to see how far along you were and I'm like what it's 36 weeks probably nothing so he checked and um I was already two centimeters dilated at week 36 and I was shocked I was like what week you know I haven't felt anything um I went back at week 37 
They did not check at week 37. At week 38, I went in, they checked, and I think I was three to four centimeters dilated, and I was shocked, again, because I hadn't really, you know, felt much. I'm a physical therapist, so I'm on my feet all day. I work four 10-hour days, so on my feet. I purposely sit in my little stool, especially when I was pregnant with my legs really wide. And I don't know if that helped, but it I did. had read something from Ida Mays that, you know, the squatting helped. So throughout my pregnancy, I made myself squat 150 times a day. And I would just do like reps of 30. You know, if I had a patient who was squatting, I would try to squat with them. Not super deep, but just, you know, some knee bends. And I wear scrubs at work, so sitting on a stool and just kind of keeping my legs open, which I'm sure was really attractive. Um, But anyway, so that's what I did throughout my labor. So week 38, I go in. I think I'm three to four centimeters dilated, feeling pretty good, still a little shocked. I'm like, so is the baby going to come tomorrow? I'm three to four centimeters dilated. My bags are packed. Should I be ready? Should I stop working? And the doctor was like, no, you can still be like this for another month. So, you know, I'm kind of calm. But Christmas is coming up. So not only am I working like 40 hours a week, like I'm getting ready for Christmas and baking and making freezer meals and just like trying to do the mile circuit a couple times a day. Oh, I'll um, put the mile circuit yeah. in um, the show notes. So oh, that's yes. a really good So circuit. that was really helpful, especially week 30, 38 through 40. Tell all the listeners about the mile circuit. So it's actually, it's kind of long to do, but I felt like it was helpful. So I'm trying to remember the first position is sidelining. You lay on your side for like 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Then you walk stairs for like 30 minutes. So there's three different things that you do for like 30 minutes each. And then the curb walking. Oh, the curb walking. So the uneven. So I would take a lot of walks around the neighborhood and I would literally have one foot on the curb and one foot on the pavement. Mm -hmm. And so apparently that's supposed to like open the pelvis or something. And I'm sure I look like a complete idiot walking around my neighborhood, but hey, it did the job. (laughs) And it wasn't super uncomfortable. And then I would walk stairs kind of sideways um, for about 30 minutes a day along with squatting. So I feel like that really helped. So you were really, I mean, you were really like, just like you prepare for a marathon, you were preparing for birth. Oh, that's exactly how I looked at it. You were eating very healthy and clean, Mm -hmm. drinking a lot of water. And drinking red raspberry leaf tea. Yes. So that was huge. One of my coworkers who had a natural birth, who's an occupational therapist, swore by that. And I was like, okay, let me try it out. So I would drink like one cup a day. And then by the end, I think I was drinking like five cups. (laughs) And then the day of labor, right? I think you texted me that you would put like six tea bags in your mason jar. So she said just brew like six tea bags. I put it in like a mason jar. I brewed it cold and I like drank it throughout the morning. And it's, I mean, it's not terrible, but I definitely think it helped. Yeah. Yeah. So you were doing all the things and you were doing it right and you were strong. Mm-hmm. And you were in shape and you were healthy and you hadn't gained too much weight. Like these are all just really important things to pass along to other moms. If you want to have a healthy, strong birth, then you need to be a healthy, strong person. I 100% think that that helped so much. And when you said like I trained for it like the marathon, like I didn't even realize like I was doing that. I thought, you know, I took some of the classes at the hospital and that's what um, one of the labor and delivery nurses who said she was like labor is a marathon you need to eat while you're in labor she's like you need to prepare for it and that just kind of hit me I'm like 
Yeah. I mean, I guess I do have to prepare for it. So subconsciously, you know, I would just, if I was doing my hair in the morning, I would do squats. Like if I was brushing my teeth, I would do squats. When I was walking the dog, I would kind of, you know, walk like we talked about, one foot on the sidewalk, one foot, you know, on the pavement. And then you had the birthing ball? Oh, yeah. So I had the birthing ball, too. Um, My mother-in-law, actually, she was like at Dick's Sporting Goods one day, like about a week before I gave birth. And I was like, hey, will you pick me up an exercise ball? And literally, I would just sit on that at night, watch TV, kind of roll around. And um, I think that helped, too. But then at work, I would grab an exercise ball and sit on it, too. And then much like your mom, you didn't really feel tons of contractions beforehand, or were you? Not really. Looking back, I... I think I was feeling some contractions, but I didn't really know they were contractions. Okay, this might get a little graphic. (laughs) I'm like, it's cool. This is explicit, right? Yeah. So about four weeks before I gave birth, I would feel like the urge to, like if I had diarrhea, like the urge to like go poop, but then it would pass. So it was kind of like my stomach would tighten, but then I was like, ooh, and I would run to the bathroom and then nothing would happen. So I thought I was like kind of getting sick or had a stomach bug. And then looking back, I'm like, those were probably contractions. So they were uncomfortable for like 30 seconds, but then they would pass and they would be so irregular. So, I mean, looking back, I think that was like definitely some contractions. And then about three days before I gave birth, my sister-in-law went on, we went on a two mile walk. And I remember there'd be some times we were walking really fast. And sometimes I'd be like, Catherine, we got to slow down. And I would have, like, I think a contraction and then keep going, but they were so irregular. So I think over that last month, I had some, but I just kind of you played You clearly them all. <laughs> did because your body was doing a lot of hard work that maybe you weren't even part of in the yeah. mind, which is really good things. I've got two questions, too. We kind of mm-hmm. skipped over. What were the results of your GBS test? So they were positive, which I kind of freaked out about, and that's why you have a doula, because I was... A lot of this stuff, like, and I love the practice that I was in, but every time I went to talk to the doctor, it was a different doctor. Every time I wanted to talk about how I wanted to give birth, they were like, oh, we don't need to talk about that yet. So immediately when I got the results that were positive, they called and left a message. I'm on the phone with Heidi, and I'm like, Heidi, what does this mean? Like, I don't know. And, so and we I'm, talked through it, and yes. it was okay. Yes. And we together, like, I gave you all the information you needed, and you had decided that you were going to go ahead and get the antibiotics. Absolutely. To treat was worried I didn't want to have an IV while I labored and during birth because, you know, I was hoping I'd have a natural birth without induction. And so I really didn't want an IV, but we decided absolutely it was best. I needed the antibiotics to, for the health of my baby. And so I was like, knowing going into labor that I would have the IV, which I was completely fine with once we talked through it. Um, And then that last week at your last appointment, had you lost your mucus plug? I don't remember that part of the story. So I lost it, I think about two weeks before. I remember, I think it was like the 23rd of December because it was right before Christmas. And I was thinking about traveling, you know, just to Winston, which is like an hour and a half away. And I'm like, I think I lost my mucus plug. And I texted Heidi and I was like, I think I lost my mucus plug. And I was like kind of wanting labor to come on. And I was like, is it okay to have sex? (laughs) And so (laughs) my husband and I were like, we want this baby here before the end of the year. We're so excited. And I felt so bad because you were at church. And I was like, great, I'm texting Heidi about sex while she's at church. What a great mom. I thought it was was amazing. (laughs) 
to hear about. So you're so. Like, good to go. <laughs> like we're good. So so did you have sex? So we did. Sorry, your mom's yeah, in the room. Mom, Rachel, earmuffs. Mom, earmuffs. We know how babies get here, I hope. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. So and how we, we get our cervix to open and soften. <laughs> so we did, but you know, that was two weeks before nothing really happened. But it could have helped like yeah. soften it some more. Cause yeah. I think at that point I was like fifty percent of effaced. So that was on a Sunday. That Friday I went back to the doctor. And that was for my basically my 40-week appointment. My due date was on that Monday, which was New Year's Eve. And Heidi and I talked a lot before each appointment, which was great. My blood pressure had started to run just a little bit high, which I was... That was the only thing that freaked me out, I think, about labor. I was so worried, like, before I went into labor that my blood pressure would spike and that they would make me have an induction and so every time I went to the doctor's office I think I was just a little bit nervous and my blood pressure would go up but right. I was like <laughs> you know checking it at work and it was you know 130 over 90 so it was pretty normal but anyways I was supposed to or I went back to the doctor for my 40-week appointment that Friday and Heidi and I talked and she said you know you're GBS positive maybe you shouldn't get checked you know just see how things are going and I was like Heidi you know, I'm a numbers person. <laughs> you know, when I trained for my marathon, I like to know that I could go 18 miles and then the next time I went 20. So I was like, I really kind of want to know. And so she was like, yeah, then then go ahead, you know, get checked. And she's like, I would recommend maybe that they don't strip your membranes just because that can be a little bit uncomfortable. And if you don't need to, you know, go into labor right then, that's fine. So anyways, I went into my appointment, I had him checked. She was like, you're five centimeters dilated and we're going to strip your membranes because your blood pressure is a little high. And I was like, things happen so quickly and the doctor's in and out. And I was like, yeah. uh, okay. I didn't even have time to call Heidi. But they were like, let's try this little mm -hmm. tiny medical intervention to see if it can send you into labor. Exactly. So you the know. doctor really wanted me to go into labor naturally. So I was happy about that. And she was like, you know, it's a little uncomfortable, but it is a tiny medical intervention. She said it should help some things. Um, I'm going to see you on Monday, which is your due date. And we're going to do a non-stress test. But she's like, hopefully you won't even have to make that appointment. You're going to go into labor on your own. So I left that doctor's appointment being like, the pressure is on because I had a feeling I would go in on Monday and that they would induce right away. That whole weekend, I think I squatted 5,000 times. I put up my Christmas tree <laughs> and every time I took an ornament off the tree, I would squat. I would rest on the exercise ball. Um, my sister-in-law and I took several two-mile walks. You were chugging that red oh, raspberry leaf tea. I was chugging tea. the red raspberry leaf tea, <laughs> taking stairs two at a time, sideways. I was like, this baby is going to come. Yeah. Well, sa Saturday passes, not a, you know, Sunday passes, nothing. I convinced my husband to have sex with me, which is, yes, um, good job. didn't happen anything on Sunday. By Monday morning, I was like, okay, well, actually Sunday, I was, I called my boss and I'm like, I think I'm going to go into work on Monday because I was like, nothing's happening. Even though I'd had some contractions, I just didn't, didn't feel any different. And she was like, Sarah, don't you have an appointment at two o'clock? And I was like, well, I can just go until, you know, noon or something. And she was like, you know, why don't we wait? And she's like, you're going to have New Year's Day. She's like, if you want to come back Wednesday, you can. But she's like, she convinced me. She said, just stay at home and chill. And so she was great to talk to at work. So that Monday morning, I get up and I'm like, you know what? It's rainy. I'm just going to make myself chill. So I made myself some red raspberry leaf tea. And I finished a book. 
set on the birthing ball. What'd you eat for breakfast? I think cereal probably or oatmeal. So I definitely was hungry. So I mean, I was eating like a lot. And I talked to Heidi at about 10 o'clock and we talked about my upcoming appointment at two o'clock that day. And I was like, okay, so what is this non-stress test? Like, I think I'm going to have to go through it. I'm not going into labor. What is going on? What should I do when I go to the doctor? So Heidi talked me through. I think we got off the phone at like 1030 that morning. Yeah, we did. And when we got off the phone... It was nothing was going on. So 1030, I'm like off the phone with Heidi. 1045, I'm sitting on my birth ball, literally had just finished like the book I was reading. I was like, ooh, I feel something. And this is different than other things. So anyways, I like turned on the TV. I made a note like on my phone. I was like 1045. And then at 1055, I felt something else. And I was like, this is. I think a contraction, okay, 10 minutes apart. Maybe I'm going into labor, maybe I'm not. 10 minutes later, I felt something else. And I was like, okay, 10 minutes apart, I've got plenty of time, this is exactly how I wanted it. I'll go to my appointment at two, talk to the doctor. Went upstairs, I started like, you know, doing my hair, doing my makeup to get ready for the appointment. I ate some really delicious pinwheels from Costco because I was like if I am going into labor I want to be nourished so (laughs) just like the nurse said you know you wouldn't run a marathon without eating why would you go into labor and not eat so I ate like a ton of pinwheels for lunch they're really good by the way chicken pinwheels from Costco so anyways I'm like eating doing my hair doing my makeup And then I start feeling these little contractions like six minutes apart. And I'm like, well, that's weird. They went from 10 minutes to six minutes. They're irregular. I'm like, I'm not in labor. And it's my due date. I was like, there's no way this is happening. And then they get to the point like I'm doing my hair and I'm kind of having to bend over the counter. And I'm like, okay, well, these are stronger. You know, maybe I should like tell Wells I'm feeling some stuff, but we're still going to go to the doctor. So I get my husband and I'm like, so I'm feeling some contractions. We're still going to go to the doctor, but I'm just going to chill. And he was like, well, I'm going to go to (laughs) Chick-fil-A. So my husband is Wells. So he decided he was going to go get some Chick-fil-A if, you know, it was going to be a long afternoon at the doctor's. And I was like, get me a Diet Pepsi, please. And maybe some chicken nuggets. Cause I was really hungry. And this was like an hour after I'd eaten. So he went and got lunch. In the meantime, like I'd finished my makeup, finished my hair. And I had bought a squatty potty cause I thought they sounded amazing in the infomercial. So it just felt really good to like sit on the toilet and have my legs up. And so that's what I did for maybe like 30 minutes while he was at Chick-fil-A. Can you describe a squatty potty for anyone who's listening that has no idea <laughs> so what this is? they're kind of wonderful, especially postpartum too. Um, so basically they go around the base of your toilet to kind of lift your knees up like you're in a squatting position. Um, and it just kind of relaxes everything. You don't have to lean forward or bear down. It's just, you know, you're kind of in a squatting position and it, you can just chill there. So... I really liked it. So I'm sitting on the squatty potty texting friends, like thinking, oh, I'm not in labor. It's my due date. I can't be in labor. And my water hasn't broken. So I'm like, oh, this isn't going to happen. I'm still like going to make my appointment at 2 o'clock. Anyways, about 30 minutes goes by. Wells comes back. And I wipe myself. And there's blood. And like really bright blood. And I'm freaking out. And I'm like, 
oh my gosh, this is like I knew about the bloody show, but I thought it was supposed to be like a little brownish. This was really bright. So I'm like, well, call Heidi. And at that time, the contractions are getting pretty strong, and I didn't know if I could talk to her. And Wells brought me... And this was really fast. I mean, we're talking like it's now noon. It's like noon, right. Okay. So it's like, yeah. So for everyone like listening to recap, 12, 15. we hung up the phone at 10.30 a.m., and nothing was going on. Nothing. So now it's noon. Right. And you are in such... Like, you're having contractions that you have to have your husband call because you can't talk. Right. And you're having bloody show. And I'm still trying to keep track of when the contractions were coming. Like, I'm using an app. But they were still kind of irregular. It was, like, four minutes, then three minutes, then two minutes. And then they would go back to five. So I was like, these are irregular contractions. I'm not in labor. My but this is within 45 minutes of them being 10 minutes apart. Right. So this is super quick. And I'm like, this is just too quick. This isn't happening. Um, so anyways, when Wells comes back, he brings me my Diet Pepsi. And I'm like, this does not taste good. This is flat. <laughs> and I was like, bring me the trash can. I have to throw up. And then I was like, shit. My mom said she had to throw up when she was in labor. <laughs> and I was like, maybe this is labor. Wells call Heidi. I'm bleeding. And my husband does not like blood or fluid or any kind of bodily functions. And I was like, Wells, you need to look at this blood. I was like, you need to put your big boy pants on and look at this blood so you can tell Heidi because I'm a little worried. So he calls Heidi and Heidi's like, Wells, why are you calling me? <laughs> yes. So I'm going to interject right here. So at 1030 in the morning, nothing's going on with Sarah. So mm -hmm. I take my two toddlers to the mall. I don't know, to go run errands <laughs> like around the holidays. And then all of a sudden at 1230, my phone rings and it swells. And for all doulas, whenever the husband calls you, there is something going on. <laughs> like, like it is like, hmm, why are you calling? So I literally answered the phone and said, Wells, why are you calling me? And then... And then he says, you know, Sarah's having some pretty strong contractions. She's on the toilet. And I was like, tell her about the blood. And Wells looks at the blood and was and said, you know, she's having some bright blood. Heidi says that it's completely normal. That's your bloody show. And I was like, oh, okay. I didn't realize it was supposed to be bright. And Heidi said, I'm going to come just to check on you. And I was like, okay, I think I'm in labor now. So Heidi gets there literally in 10 minutes, which was amazing. Um, my children the, were in the car. <laughs> exactly. The children were in the car. I'm trying to drink my Diet Pepsi, but it just does not taste right. And I'm I'm thinking I have to throw up, but I never do. As soon as Heidi walks into the bathroom, she knew right where to go. I had a contraction. And I'm like, hands, you know, against the wall, like really tense, pretty scared because it was a strong contraction. And it, it ends. And I'm like, Heidi, I think I'm in labor. And Heidi goes, Sarah? you're in active labor. She said, you were definitely in labor. I want you to try to time the contractions. I'm going to drop my kids off. <laughs> right. If they get closer or you feel like you need to go to the hospital, you and Wells just I said, if, go. or if your water breaks. Or if your water breaks. Exactly. Yeah. So I was like, no, I think, you know, this is my dream to labor at home. I think I can stay a little bit longer. So Heidi leaves. I told Wells, I was like, let me just lay down in bed for a minute. So Wells helps me to bed. And he rubs my back and rubs my feet. And at that time, my app is saying, I'm trying to, like, time the contractions. The app is blinking, go to the hospital. And I'm like, 
no, no, this is this is still not labor. And this then, is awesome. Do you remember the name of the app by any so chance? I'll have to look it up. I'll have put it, it somewhere. The, yeah, I'll put it in the show notes at the end. I'm just curious and what, it was what like, app blinks you. Time you. your contractions when they start and then when they end, and you know it keeps track for you. And mine were so irregular, especially, but they were so close together. So it was literally blinking at me go to the hospital. And of course, Wells is like, we got to go, and I'm still like, no, we can wait a few more minutes. Then I remembered something Heidi had told me about a previous client. She said she had waited so long that it was hard to walk out of her house. And I was like, yeah, she crawled. I remember she had to crawl on her hands and knees to get to the car because the baby was so low. So I was thinking about that in my head and I was like, well, shit, if I wait any longer, I'm not going to be able to walk out to the car, go down the steps and walk to the car. So I was like, all right, Wells, let's go. But I just have a feeling, you know, it's going to take a long time because my water hasn't broken. So I was really worried that I was going to go to the hospital and it was, you know, still going to be a long time. So I'm going to interject right here. So I live about five minutes away from Sarah and some, I, I don't know how to explain it to anyone, but when you're a doula and for this many, 14 years and you see someone in labor, I got in my car to drive home to drop my kids off. And I got this overwhelming anxiety that I was like, I don't even have time to get out of my car and get my kids out of the car. Like I, I just was like, something just told me, Heidi, you don't, you don't have time. So I called my sister and I said, I need you to be on the front doorstep and I need you to get in my car. And then I need you to turn around and just drop me off. And then you got to take care of my kids. I don't even have time to get them out of the car. And she was like, okay. So I pull up at my house, which is about five minutes away. She jumps in the car and we go racing back to your house. And at that point, so I get down the stairs uh, very slowly, uh, grab a bunch of towels because I was terrified my water would break and my husband's new Suburban and he would not be very happy. <laughs> um, so anyways, I get in the car and I'm like, I can't, I can't sit. Like I, would, I had to recline. And at that point, I really, I couldn't talk. And so I was just motioning to Wells, like roll down the window. It's December, but I was super hot. So I wanted that fresh air. So I was motioning to him like, roll down the window and I was I think I remember saying just try to drive fast so we get to the hospital in like 15 minutes and I'm like where's Heidi is Heidi coming she pulled up right behind us somehow yeah somehow I was right there and I just jumped I flew out of the car I'm like bye everybody flew out of the car and I grabbed a wheelchair put you in the wheelchair and Wells was trying to valet his car and he couldn't so he had to go park the car so I was so thankful Heidi had the wheelchair because at that point I really couldn't have walked walked into the hospital so I'm kind of reclined in the wheelchair I remember I was holding on to the IV pole just for like some stability and the hospital lobby was packed and I was so embarrassed I was so like- <laughs> packed and you're supposed to go through this little security line and get a badge and I just started sprinting yes. with the wheelchair and I'm like Close your eyes. No, and that was that. Like, I still hear Heidi's voice. We're going through the lobby. And I, she could tell I was probably freaked out. And she was like, close your eyes. So I closed my eyes and just breathed. And we got into the elevator. And I think I opened my eyes. And I saw a security guard. Yeah, with us. they chased us down. Yeah. The security guard chased us down and got in the elevator. Because you're supposed to check in. And I was like, this baby is coming right now. We have no time to check in. And she was so sweet. She was like this female security guard. She was like, awesome. I'm taking. She took us right up. Yeah. And so uh, she took us right up to triage. And I was like, oh, I was hoping to skip triage. And 
Thank well, God. Well, let I me do. tell you, I've got the, I've got the, um, whatever it's called, wheelchair. Oh yeah. And I know that I'm, you're supposed to take a right, not go straight. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, mm, uh, uh-uh. I was like, and we get up to the front of the triage door. And I was like, there is no triage. I started screaming, there is no triage. This baby is coming right now. I was so excited to have Heidi there because I remember her saying that. Like, we're at the door of triage. And she was like, no, we are not going to triage. Thank goodness it was full. I they think. were like, they, well, the first thing they said is, we can deliver a baby in triage. And I'm like, okay, well, this baby's coming right now. Whoever wants to do the delivery, go for it. But they were full. Triage was full. Yeah. Which Thank God. Heidi pushed me into this beautiful delivery room. And I just remember her calming voice saying, Sarah, this is where your baby's going to be born. And I got so excited. And the nurses are not really sure what to do yet. And I just remember Heidi's voice saying, Sarah, get on your hands and knees on the bed. So immediately I got up on my hands and knees. At that point, I was really having the urge to push, although I thought you were pushing. Yeah. So you were pushing. (laughs) Um, If you don't remember, just at the peak of the contraction, you were having that grunt, that bear down. So you were starting to push. I definitely felt the urge to push. So Heidi got me on my hands and knees immediately when I got on the hospital bed, my water, you helped me get my leggings off, I think, yeah. which mm-hmm. was awesome. As soon as my leggings came off, my water broke. And yeah. I was so worried. I wouldn't know when my water broke. Oh, I knew when it broke. Like <laughs> it was a gush of water. So anyways, I pushed a few times on my hands and knees, which felt good. The nurse gets the IV in my arm while on hands and knees and tries to check me while I'm on my hands and knees and she couldn't check to see how dilated I was so she's like we really need you on your back and I'm like oh do not want to get on my back so anyways I turn over on my back and they checked me and they're like oh you're 10 centimeters and I'm like I figured I'm wanting you're pushing um so anyways they were like you know just push here so I think I pushed once on my back and I, I could just feel my body stop my body was like it does not like this. It does not like this position. It was super uncomfortable. And I think Heidi could see it in my face. Yeah, I was on fire at this point because I was like, no, we are not like, no, get out of the bed right now. I was like, nope. mm -mm." I said, we will get, I said something like, we will get back into this bed to maybe deliver this baby. But right now she's getting out of this bed. (laughs) And I couldn't be more excited to get off my back because it just didn't feel right. So I got off the hospital bed um, and squatted pretty low onto the floor, still holding onto the hospital bed. And I could feel the baby come down and it was so much more comfortable. Yeah. Um, and I remember And let's saying, talk about the incredible nurse. <laughs> oh, she I don't need what's not say her name, but she was incredible. She was amazing. So I remember so at that point they had had the heart monitor around my belly and she was down there with me. Heidi was behind me at my back doing some counter pressure, which felt good. And this nurse was down there with me, monitoring the heart rate, talking to me. You know, I wanted to know how the baby was doing. And she was like, the baby's doing great. You know, mm-hmm. he's, he's keep doing what you're doing. So she was right down there. She was literally me. like laying on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> to... And she had put a towel down. And then it was just such a great situation. My husband, I think, had just walked into the room from parking the car. I remember texting Wells like, 
the baby is coming. No, no, no. I'm sorry. I called him because I was thinking, oh, no, like, where are you? Like, the baby is coming. And as I was calling him, I could hear the phone <laughs> ringing in the hallway. So he was right. He was, he was right up. there. Yeah. So he, Wells gets in. And um, they let me push a few times while I was squatting. And then, of course, one of the nurses was like, you've got to get off the floor or the doctor came in and he was like, yeah. there's not enough room to deliver to baby right there. Yeah. You know, while you're squatting and I'm like, but it feels so good. Yeah. And, um, anyways, they put up the squat bar, I guess on the end of the bed. Well, I said, that's fine. We're going to do a couple more here. Contractions right. here. Yeah. <laughs> so we did probably like two or three more contractions squatted yeah. on the floor. And then we were like, okay, yeah. well, can get you in a squat. That's right, on the bed. And it wasn't, it was a little hard getting in there and getting situated, but once I was on the bed with the squat bar, it felt pretty good. And I remember Heidi giving me some ice chips. I was so excited. My husband was there massaging my shoulders. Wells was so calm. Oh, which shocked me, which is so why I wanted Heidi, you know, a doula there, because my husband, like I said, does not like blood bodily functions and he didn't want to see anything but he was such a good coach and you know I kept telling myself I love my husband so much I did not marry him because he was going to be a great at helping me with labor I married him for all these other reasons (laughs) and so I was like as long as he can be there with me you know that's what I really wanted so Heidi was the one you know down there in the trenches handing me ice chips and it was wonderful So anyways, I'm in the squat positions, the squat bar, the doctor's in there. And I think I finally laid down for a few of the final pushes. Just to rest, um, yeah. Just to rest. And I remember these, like, rest breaks in between contractions that the nurses would talk to me, the doctors would would talk to me. And that was just such a great period. I would ask how the, the baby was doing. I mean, they were probably, like, one to two minutes long where I would get you know, a little rest between pushing and I would think my baby's coming. I got to look in the mirror and see his head. And I remember one of the nurses said, you know, you can feel his head. And I was like, I don't know if I want to do that. And she was like, no, it's cool. And I remember I finally was like, okay, maybe I can. And I felt the head and I was just like, oh my goodness, that's my baby. That's that's little trip, you know, he's coming. And I think it was one or two pushes after that, he finally came. And um, it did take me a few minutes to, I guess, learn how to push right, especially on my back. And so, you know, I was trying to push and breathe out at the same time. And so Heidi and the nurses were really great at t- telling me how to like really bear down and push, um, which and to I- hold your breath. And hold my breath because I'm thinking like Pilates breathing or yoga breathing, you know, letting it out. And they were like, no, 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 you've got to keep it in and push it down. And so once I really figured out how to push, um, the baby came. Yeah, just a couple pushes. Just a couple Mm -hmm. pushes. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Block in your breath and holding it. You know, you think you can hold your breath for 30 seconds anytime. Yeah. But when you're in labor, it's not so easy. Yeah. You know, and that's that was hard for me to learn how to push, too, with my first one. Let's teach everybody while we're here. So we're stretching, you guys. We're breathing. So anyway, when you're in labor, you want to take it and you're pushing. I mean, you want to take a deep breath in, like as much air as you can get in. And then you want to just let a teensy, teensy little bit out. And then you want to hold your breath and then you want to put your chin to your chest 
And then you just want to like push all that air down into your bottom while you are hold, like holding that breath. And then um, do that as long as you can and then do it over and over again. So deep breath in, let a little bit out, hold it, chin to your chest, and then push that air all the way down. That's also a good move if you're having like tachycardia. Oh, yeah. <laughs> heart rate to slow Always down. Good to get that you know, then. <laughs> to get that uh, heart rate to slow down too. Well, Sarah and Rachel, you guys have been so fun teaching us about three generations of kind of just really fast labors, but with strong, resilient women who just knew they could do it. My cousin said that she had been in labor and delivery for 40 years, and Sarah and I were the fastest she had ever seen. She says that protracted labor is is unusual but it's possible so i had sarah in two hours and 40 minutes so it is possible to have a fast delivery and sarah how long was your start to finish um a little less than four hours and i am a true believer and just like heidi said the more active you are during pregnancy you know my grandmother my mom and myself are all very active women gardening grandmother was a teacher we were all on our feet you know for the most part during pregnancy which I think is is very helpful and also you know I think the power of positive thought is really good so I read Ida Mae's book and I just you know thought about the way I wanted to labor throughout my pregnancy you know how I thought it was going to feel, how I wanted it to go. I was prepared for if I had to have an epidural or C-section, but I tried to really concentrate and meditate on how I wanted it to go. And I think that really helped. Yeah. I remember you telling me that whenever people would start to tell you any kind of negative story or anything that wasn't part of your vision, you would just wash it away. I would just block it out. Yeah. No, I was there when you came to visit with Sarah before the last time. And I remember you asking her, visualize how you want your birth story to go. Yeah. And I thought that was very helpful. And then too, I think this is wonderful now that women have a chance to share their birth stories with other women. After I gave birth to both of mine, I wanted to talk about it. And at that time, that wasn't really socially acceptable. So I remember writing down notes because I wanted to be able to tell my children, you know, how long I had been in labor and what it felt like. And I'm so thankful that I did that now. And I'm so thankful I have a chance to share. I am so thankful that you are getting a chance to have this microphone and this stage and this platform to share your story, even if it's 30 years later. All right, so we're going to go now Sarah first, and then Rachel, tell us about your favorite baby product that you think all moms have to have. Well, this is not really a product. It's a person. Okay. But a doula. I mean, I think that was 100% hands down the best thing my husband and I did during pregnancy. Um, In a perfect world, you know, my mom would have been able to be there too, but we wanted to set things up so... You know, she was an hour and a half away. I was worried if I went into labor and it was just my husband who was wonderful and great, but I didn't know how he would react. And so we decided we would get a doula and the education we got before labor started was amazing. And Heidi totally put my husband at ease, which to me was a godsend because I think he was a little bit nervous about the whole thing. Um, But then of course, like during labor and delivery, you just heard, I really truly believe that if I didn't have a doula, 
things would have gone a lot slower. Things would have been a lot more uncomfortable. Um, and I wouldn't have this amazing story. So I think oh. every woman needs a doula. <laughs> that is so sweet, Sarah. Thank you. So, Rachel, what's your favorite baby product that you remember? Well, I will second what Sarah said, being a mother far away and not necessarily wanting to be there for the delivery. It made me feel very comfortable that Sarah had a friend that was looking after her. Yeah. And baby products, I'm going to have to say a swaddle. Uh, Sarah, we I was so fortunate to be able to stay five days with Sarah after the baby was born. And it was such a special time for me. And I hope that I helped do the cooking and cleaning so that she could bond with a baby. But you received a book from a friend, The Happiest Baby on the Block. Mm-hmm. And, of course, it was like a godsend, you know, it, came on the first night that we were home with the baby and it talked a lot about swaddling your baby and I wish I had known more about that 30 plus years ago because Sarah was a bit of a colicky baby. Sarah do you know what brand of swaddle or is there a special swaddle you're using? Absolutely there's one that my son Tripp just loves it was given to me by a friend and it's chickpea the sherpa swaddle and him being born at the end of december and you know we brought him home in january it's been super cold and it's like a fleecy swaddle and it velcros and it's just a really cute design too so he looks just like a little cuddle bug i love you guys and you're my first mom daughter combo for the podcast so thank you for being here Thank you for having us. Thank Mm -hmm. you. Thank you for listening to Birth Story. My goal is you will walk away from each episode with a clear picture of how labor and delivery might go and that you will feel empowered by the end of your pregnancy to speak up, plan and prepare for the birth you want, no matter what that looks like. 